welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Although lately, Peggy and I are giving ourselves some grace and we are just doing our best to get through each day. We hope that you're being gentle with yourselves too. On today's episode, we are continuing to talk about the thing that is still on everyone's mind right now, which is the current situation with the pandemic virus COVID-19. Jenny and I are recording this episode on Tuesday, April the 14th, 2020. We are now into our fifth week of social distancing as we strive to flatten the curve to ease the burden on the medical system. When the world mostly got shut down uh, and I had to close my clinic and stop seeing patients, I thought to myself that this would be a great opportunity to take this time to be better and to work on a lot of things that Jenny and I have discussed as good habits over the past two years on this podcast. But I'm finding myself a bit distracted. I have the time, but a lot of days I feel like lying in bed like Brian Wilson did. And the last (laughs) couple of days in particular, I've had a really hard time. I just feel emotional like I'm going to burst into tears at any second for no apparent reason. For no apparent reason. Well... I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. (laughs) So anyhow, it's interesting that Jenny told me that she had an underlying sense of something similar that she was dealing with last week that was tough to put into words. So this past week, we we both sort of had been like feeling our way around the zeitgeist. And we came across a video, a podcast, and an article that helped us to articulate some of what we are feeling. And perhaps maybe you're feeling it too. Yeah, we wanted to share them with you and discuss what we each took away from them. So that hopefully, maybe it'll help you make sense of maybe what you're feeling and experiencing right now in the midst of a global pandemic. And it just feels weird to even say that out loud still, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yes. Yeah. So we're in, we're we in the upside gone. down. That's what you said right before we started, <laughs> started recording tonight. <laughs> Stranger Things reference there for you. Um, but yeah, we, we haven't got this all figured out and you probably don't either. If you do, let us know. Yeah. (laughs) Give us some, give us some tips, please. Yeah, please. Um, but we think that maybe there's some manageable ways that we can feel a little bit better right now and release the pressure of the unrealistic expectations that many of us are putting on ourselves to improve and be our best selves in what is already a very difficult time. So one of these articles is why you should ignore all that coronavirus inspired productivity pressure. And we've got a link to this that Peg will pop into the show notes because she's just so nice like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the quotes from it that made us laugh was day one of quarantine. I'm going to, was this from the, this was from the original article. Okay. From the original, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do body weight training. So that's day one of quarantine. Day four is you just pour the ice cream directly onto the pasta. So, (laughs) It's funny, but it also really speaks to the issue. And I will say, I have found that trajectory to be very true, where it's like at the beginning, you have all these intentions and you try to give some structure to this whole thing. And 
it's like your mind, I think, trying to sort it out, right? Yeah. And then I think after a little while, your brain's like, can't deal. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Must go lay in bed with my ice cream pasta. Oh, that sounds good. Um, so that article that um, Jenny just mentioned, I will definitely put a link to it. And the same author did a follow-up article about a week later. And the article, uh, we want to take some of the pieces out and share them with you today because I think it's really relevant and hopefully helpful. So the article is called Productivity and Happiness Under Sustained Disaster Conditions. So here's uh, what the author says. By now, many people are slowly coming to terms with the idea that the COVID-19 crisis may continue for months and create a radically changed world. That realization is understandably distressing, given the prospect of prolonged physical distancing, rising death tolls, and serious economic decline. As the denial fades, fear and anger take its place, which can result in emotional and intellectual paralysis. The prospect of enduring crisis is frightening. This initial wave of acute distress is temporary. How you feel today is not how you will feel in a month or a year, even if the crisis continues. At this early stage, all we can see are the walls, the restrictions, the losses, but there is light in between those walls. In fact, it is entirely possible to be peaceful, productive, and even happy under sustained disaster conditions. For newcomers to system-wide crises, The author shares some insights here. So the first one is this. Crisis adaptation takes time. Many people have expressed distress that their ability to produce any motivation or productivity has been affected by the crisis, even though they seem to have more time than ever under lockdown. And this is what I was mentioning when I had to stop working. And I was like, oh, I got all this time. I'm going to be so productive, but not so much. And maybe some of you are feeling that as well. How are you doing with that, Jenny? Because you're still working, like you're still doing your regular job. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's one of those weird things too, right? Where you still have some semblance of what life was like before, because for a lot of people, your life is like drastically different, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, the author says that this reaction, uh, the distress he's talking about, this reaction is perfectly normal and appropriate. Your magnificent brain is currently very busy trying to figure out how your family can adapt and survive in a rapidly evolving and lethal global disaster. Thank your brain for working yeah. overtime to keep you safe. Stop demanding that it need or that it heed your every beck and call. So making demands on your brain at this stage will only reduce productivity and wellness in the long run. So right now, the sane and responsible course of action is to prioritize the physical and psychological security of yourself and your family. Right priorities at the outset of this disaster will result in faster adaptation and better productivity in the long run. So it's okay to just lie in bed like Brian Wilson did and just make sure you're safe, that your family is safe and focus on that first and the productivity will come later. Yeah, um, and I I would say that I have found that to be true. Like I felt like I was kind of just like, do you know the little thing on your computer, the little like rainbow wheel? Yeah. Yeah. That was me for like the first couple weeks. I was just straight <laughs> up rainbow wheel. I was like, I'm here, but I'm doing a lot of staring off. You know well, what I mean? I do. And then the next step, which you, I think have gotten there sooner than I have. You said to me just before we started recording that you're an early adopter, which is entertaining. <laughs> so why don't you tell me this next part here? What the so, au- like? Share with our listeners what the author has said. Yeah. So the next step was embrace radical acceptance. So for the foreseeable future, we will have to learn to live in the world as it is. 
So embracing this fact with humility, open-mindedness, and good cheer will serve us much better than going kicking and screaming down the path of denial. This is the first step in looking past the walls and seeing the opportunities and hope that are available to us right now. So I think this is cool because they talk about really, you know, of course we want to have control and we want to know, like, we want to have that feeling of everything being normal, but open yourself up to the possibility of accepting this and finding out what this situation might be able to teach you. A lot you know, of the, maybe uh, there's new I was just going to say a lot of the articles and content that we've seen that have has resonated with you and I this week. They talk about radical acceptance as this guy does, but the other word that they're using is surrender, which I think yeah. probably for some people might resonate differently because it really is. You cannot control it. You have to surrender to what is and then yep. sort of ride the wave of that to see where it brings you. And I think for so for me, I don't know if this will make sense. But what I have been doing, too, is really trying to be very clear in the way I think about it and and filter my thoughts. So I try really hard to say we are in a global pandemic. This is something new. I've never been through this before. And we are social distancing because it's the best thing we can do right now. And then I say to myself, full stop. That's it. That's all this is right now. And my worries about what could happen in the future, my grief about what is different from the past, all of that, I need to find ways to quiet that because I need to focus on what is true and accept that. And so for me, this whole idea of radical acceptance, this is what this speaks to, is just you know, going with this and being open to it and just focusing on what is true right now. Yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of, it reminds me a lot of when we talked all those episodes ago about um, the practice of mindfulness. There's that space between mm -hmm. stimulus and response where you're just focusing on yep. what is in the moment and what's here right now. And yeah, that's, that's it. It's like anxiety is sort of when you're fast forwarding to the future. Grief is yeah. when you're like focusing on the past. It's just like what you described, yeah. right? Like we're, we're having this grief for what we've lost in the before times and we're feeling this anxiety yeah. for we're not sure what's coming next. But if we just focus on what's true in the moment, that's what the acceptance is. That's what the surrender is. That's the space yeah. between stimulus and response. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That the way you said it is that if we can stay there, then hopefully that will help us to feel better mentally, emotionally, psychologically as we all kind of ride this out. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny because you and I've been talking about this whole, um, you know, that it feels like a roller coaster. Yeah, it does. You know, we are having higher highs and lower lows. And so how I've been thinking about it is what can I do to flatten that curve? Oh, I love it. So what can I do to kind of bring those in a little bit? Yeah. So I know those things that I have that are triggers. It's watching the news. Yes. It's spending a lot of time doing my staring off thinking about what could happen. It's, you know, when I really get caught in it. Um, and it's also, it's things like not doing the things that I need to do to help me feel better. I know what things I need to do. I need to eat well. I need to move my body. I need to have some sort of gratitude practice. Like I know that these are the things that help me feel better. And those are going to help me from hitting that bottom part of the roller coaster we're talking about mm -hmm. and bring that curve up, right? So 
It's like our online pretend best friend, James Clear, says that in times of uncertainty, your habits will ground you. And coming back, and this is sort of the difference between being super productive and improving and coming back to those things that you know are good for you, that are habits that are helpful to keep you, as you say, from going to the lowest of lows. And it's phrasing, right? Like, for me right now, I'm, I'm, I'm not improving. I'm taking care. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's all I'm doing is I'm trying to just take the best care of myself of my family, um, my community, the best way I can. I am not looking at, you know, one of those charts that's up and to the right. I'm looking at a solid maintenance right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's my big goal. That would be success right now. I agree. But that, I think that kind of speaks to the next uh, point as well. Sure. It's on our list about protecting your mental health and emotional resilience. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. So I think we'll laid it out really nicely. So this is what the, yeah, this, the way that this is laid out is really lovely. It says to start, it is toxic to compare your situation to anyone else's, particularly to those who you think are better off. If you're stuck in a tiny city apartment, you might feel envious of people with backyards. If you live alone, you may feel hurt to see families enjoying social time. If your spouse is an emergency worker, you may scoff at couples who have the luxury of being together all day. If your full days are spent caring for small children or elderly relatives, you might snap at someone who boasts that a pandemic is a great time to write 10 papers and learn a new language. So Mm. The advice here is watch for these reactions and try to notice if your anger is coming from a place of envy or self-pity. Don't judge yourself. Just take note of it as an important clue to your own daily mental wellness. If you find yourself fixating on what someone else has, change the channel. Wish everyone well, then close the door. A little mental discipline in this area will pay dividends. And And I think, so I have an interesting flip side to this one as well. And this is one that I had this conversation today with a colleague. And we were talking about the fact that we are, I mean, everybody's struggling. We're all struggling in our own ways. And we are still working. We are um, at home with our families and we are working. And we were saying that even though we're struggling, we have a lot of guilt around articulating that struggle because we realize the great privilege we have in the fact that we are still employed mm-hmm. and we're home and we are healthy. Um, so we feel terrible because we feel like we have nothing to complain about in this situation. We feel like we are incredibly lucky, but we're still struggling. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's so interesting because I think at a time when on social media and on the internet everywhere it's this constant like if anybody complains it's like well this person has it worse this person has it worse and I mean it is an endless loop right and I think it's just that understanding that like regardless of your situation this is a challenge yeah and having grace for that yeah and also giving other people grace especially if you're if yeah. they're if I guess they're not reacting in the way that you think that they should, or you feel like they're better off or whatever it is that is coming out of your brain. Like give yourself some grace for sure, because judgments will come up and the way that you express what you're dealing with right now might not be your best self. And that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) We're all trying to get through it. Have you ever read that grief is a self selfish emotion? 
I don't know why that's coming to me. I remember reading something about that and that it, when you are in grief, it's hard to see other people's standpoint. Okay. Right. Um, so I find that interesting as well, just to, just to kind of think about, um, you know, because we're all, and because we're isolated right now, it's harder to see other people's perspective, you know, but take a moment to pick, put yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, gosh, and I, I heard the other day about um, healthcare workers that are having to send their children away to stay with other people. And I just felt sick because I'm not going to lie. It's like (laughs) constantly with my kid and I'm used to him going to school. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm not my best self. I'm not my best self as a parent. Like, I can't play anymore, Lego. I just can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, why don't, this is maybe a nice segue to um, shift into what the next phase of what, or the next, I guess, piece of advice that this author gives, which Jenny and I have talked about on the regular. And I think there's lots of evidence for this. And I feel it when I go here. So I know that even my own anecdotal evidence is important. And it is this actively shift your focus to gratitude. This is a practical and effective tool for remaining mentally resilient under sustained disaster conditions. If you're new to this practice, make it a formal exercise with a small team of people who face comparable conditions and challenges. And that's his advice. I don't know if you necessarily have to do that to get the benefit. Um, Every morning, write down 10 things you are grateful for in the here and now. Don't include the things that you miss or the things that you can't wait to do when the pandemic is over. Focus only on the light and relief you can find right now. Dig deep, get a little sappy, then share your list with an accountability partner if that's helpful. A regular practice of gratitude can help keep you in a good humor, even under prolonged disaster conditions. And I should also mention that this author that wrote this article has been around the world and lived and worked in disaster conditions of all different kinds, which is part of the reason why he can speak to it with some kind of um, uh, expertise. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And I've, I have that five minute journal. I really like it. Are you still doing your journal? I am. Yes. And it's helpful. Nice. It is very helpful. I, I really like the morning one. I, it's sometimes harder like to kind of get going, but I find at night it feels very easy to think of things. Good. Like I, and I think it's because, you know, after you've been doing it and I really look forward to looking back over the day and thinking of awesome things that happened that day. It's really, really fun. The thing that it's helped me with is that especially now when, you know, you're sort of looking for things to be really grateful for. The other day I was taking yeah. a shower and in the process of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to have hot water in a shower right now. And then I put it in my journal the next morning because I really appreciated it in the moment. I was in the moment appreciating it and feeling gratitude for it. So I kind of feel like they're, yeah. because I'm sort of forced into it, I am forced into these moments to think to myself, this is something that's amazing in my life right now. So maybe that's what this author is talking about, finding those pieces of light and focusing on them when they're happening in the here and now. Yeah, because you think about it, anytime that we've had um, anything where your water's out for a while or your electricity, Mm -hmm. things get real, real quick. Yeah. So those are things, if you've got them right now, be grateful for them. Hot, Hot water 
is something that makes a regular appearance uh, in my gratitude journal. Cool. Hot water, stretchy pants, green tea. <laughs> need I say more? Oh my gosh. It's the best, but there really is a lot. And I'm, I'm really liking seeing all of these expressions of gratitude around as well. Like when we go out for a walk or if we are out maybe for a drive and you see that so many people have signs up, um, thanking all of those people who are working so hard right now, like it's absolutely heartwarming. And I think that will be one of the things that I really take away from this and frankly treasure about this time as hard as it is is it's so cool to see people being grateful in real time definitely uh this author finishes off with the following of course none of these mental exercises can be done perfectly if you lose a day because you fight with your spouse or you got into a twitter war you watch 10 hours (laughs) of cable news and ate a bag of cheetos just let it go who cares Nobody's going to get an A-plus in cheerful pandemic living. So cut yourself and everyone else some slack and take this pandemic one day at a time. Oh, that's awesome. It is good. I love that. He then goes on to say, trust that your distress will not only settle, but that you will also soon get bored with it. Our new alternate universe will start to feel normal. At that point, your system will reboot your creative and intellectual engine will rev and you'll find it easier to complete projects and start new ones. And most important, don't wait for this crisis to be over to find your happiness. There is always hope amid hardship. Look for the light between the walls. Right now and right here, you may find that there is still plenty of serenity, connection, and freedom all around us. There is, absolutely. And do you know my, um, my board that I put, this is fine? Yeah. I changed it. What does it say now? enjoy it oh good I like it yeah I like it and I feel like it kind of speaks to kind of maybe where I'm at mentally too is you know when everybody was talking about this being over and every business you know in the states are talking about it you know getting back to business as normal and I kind of thought I don't feel ready I know we're not ready as a society and scientifically we are not ready um but I don't feel ready I feel like I have some on a personal level, some things that I could still learn from this time. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't want to spend it. I don't know how to say it. I want to find ways to not in a fake way, enjoy it, but, but to actually just get the best out of it that I can in a very difficult situation. So I needed that reminder. Well, that's cool to think about it that way, because that is looking for the gratitude and, a crappy situation. So absolutely, I like that. Um, we do want to mention these other two pieces of content that spoke to us this week. And yeah. I think we can probably take a few pieces out of, uh, of what we took from them and you can go check them out. The first mm-hmm. one is a video. Jenny sent this to me earlier this week and it made me ball my face off. So like consider yourself <laughs> warned, warned. Um, but it's a, by a guy called Matthew Hussey, who happens to be a relationship coach, but this video has nothing to do with that. It's called, am I the only one not living my best life during coronavirus? And he actually is this lovely British dude. And he has some really cool stuff to say about exactly what we've just mentioned through the rest of this podcast about the emotions that everybody's going through as we get used to this quote, new normal. And he talked about surrender. The other thing that he talked about that I found really cool, and I think probably just because of um, the various 
athletic endeavors and exercises I've done, it really resonated with me. He talked about pain in context. So he talked about the fact that when you exercise and you really are working hard in exercise, you'll get to a point where the pain is so intense that you're think it's it's what you're looking for for the workout to get stronger because your muscles break down and afterward um, you're like, okay, I had that pain, but I was focused on getting to that pain because I know it's going to help me with something. But he said, in context, if you woke up in the middle of the night with that amount of pain, you would think you were dying and you'd have to go to the hospital. So it was just a different context for pain. And then he went on to talk about the fact that right now, if we think about this pain we're collectively feeling as we go through this pandemic, if we think about it as pain that will ultimately make us stronger, it allows you to think about it in a different context. It allows you to understand that it's preparing us for something that's next. It's helping us to become stronger. And if you're in a space where you're not feeling comfortable or if you're struggling or if you're in pain emotionally, psychologically, if you can just kind of reframe that pain as something that is your training, it's going to help you to be stronger ultimately. It just, for me, makes me feel like, oh, okay, this pain is for something. This is going to make me stronger. My my resilience muscles are getting stronger for having gone through this and for and all of us, hopefully that'll be the case. So that's what I took out of this. If you want to hear him maybe speak about it more articulately than me, check it out. I'll have a link in the show notes. Is there anything else you wanted to add about that video, Jenny? I really liked that video and I hadn't heard from him. I saw him talking to, I think it was Jess Lively. Okay. Like some time ago and I hadn't watched any of his videos and I don't, honestly, I don't even know how I came across that. Um, But I remember as I was watching that, I think that my jaw was hanging open because I felt like he put into words what I was feeling because when you and I were talking after, I think it was after last week's podcast. And I just said, I'm just really struggling right now with the whole idea of improvement, you know, and I, it's hard. Like I can't process the idea right now of getting better. Mm -hmm. All I can do is just do your maintain. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it was just so strange. I didn't know how to articulate it. And I was really battling with that. And then when I came across this video and he was talking about it, it was such a relief because I had been feeling this way. And I'd even said it to a couple people, like colleagues of just, you know, I, I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I was just saying like, you know, cause we're all talking about these things we need to get done at work and everything. And I just said, you know, I kind of threw my hand up and was like, am I the only one struggling? Like, am I the only one that's finding this very difficult to focus and, And I just kept getting met with like, you know, people just kind of giving me those looks of like, what? And it's funny because I was really going through that. And then I saw this and I felt validated. And now this week, I feel like it's catching up with others as well. And you're you're the early adopter. I must have been. I feel the feels quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it... I think he really did a great job putting it into words. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good one. And then there was this podcast. Tell us about that. So Rob Bell, I've spoke about Rob Bell before. He has a podcast that is called uh, The Rob Cast, which is a great name. Um, And his was on April the 6th and it was called Whatever This Is. And he was talking about ambient anxiety. And so... (sighs) 
it was kind of like I'll I'll read what what Peg has written because it is quite quite good. Um, looking for meaning when usually meaning falls to look what I did. I was so productive. And don't we totally see that all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, even some of our podcast is about that, right? Like, I think probably Probably. I feel that on a regular if I've gotten something done, if we did a podcast, if I was productive, if I improved, I'm feeling validated as a human because I've created meaning in my life because I've done something productive. Yeah. So Rob goes on to talk about kind of the this being a time when we can take a breath and have time to really think about the big questions that we don't usually have time to think about. So, you know, you really take that step back or that kind of like view from a higher angle of like, okay, what is the meaning of my life? What are my values? Do I have to be productive? Is being productive what gives me meaning? What now? What's here for me? And Rob talks about this a lot and he has said it on a couple different podcasts and He phrases it differently, but the essence of what he's saying is like, is the greatest purpose of your life and, you know, were you designed to be productive? Were you designed to get things done faster? Like that is, that is not what we're here for. Like it's great. And I, of course, want to get better and I, I want to find the ways to make me a better person, but all those little things to get more done in a day. It's not about more. Like this is our time to really think about why and get clear. This isn't to say that we aren't going to want to dive back into, you know, making ourselves better and finding ways to make our lives better. But let's really think about why. This is a really, and I mean, for those who are in good health and we have the time and the luxury to think about this right now, use it. Definitely. Take stock. Think about why you're doing what you are doing. And, you know, maybe maybe just all the time getting more and more done and checking more things off the list. Maybe that's maybe that's not it. Uh, let's move on to a segment that we like to call Ooh, Me Likey. Yeah, let's move on indeed. So Peggy and I like talking to each other. As you've noticed, um, we like to talk about podcasts we've been listening to, books we've been reading. Maybe it's random internet hilarity that we've found and we feel like you might find it fun too. It's kind of a little window into the world of the things we text back and forth to each other. That's true. (laughs) All right. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving that we find useful or practical or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. And that seems extra important right now. So Jenny, what are you liking this week? I like a lot of things, frankly, but the thing that I chose to talk about is a board game this week. I don't know how to say it. I'm going to spell it, and then I'm going to give you my two suggested pronunciations. Okay. B-L-O-K-U-S. Okay. Blockus? I would say Blockus. Blockus? What was your second one? Blockus? I think it's Blockus, because isn't it Little Blocks? Yeah, I think that maybe that would lead me to think it's blockus. But I don't know. Maybe if our listeners have another pronunciation, let us know. So this is a game we've... It's not a a game that's new to us, but we've been playing it more. And it's so much fun. And I really love it. And I cannot wait until this is all over and we can play it properly with four people because it really is designed for four people. And we are three. So um, 
every time we play it, someone has to be two colors because there's four colors. Yeah. And have you ever played it? I think so, but not for a long time. Like maybe when I was a kid. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love playing it so much. So we were playing it the one night and like the three of us and then Ethan went to bed and then we got in bed and we were sitting there just talking. And I said to Jeff, I really want to play Blockus right now. (laughs) And he kind of gave me the look like, what? And the funniest part was it was the night before my birthday and he didn't have it in his heart to say no because it was my birthday. (laughs) So I went and got the game and we sat and played it in bed and you could tell he like when he it's time to go to bed like game over he's going to sleep but he went along with it bless his heart and played this game with me I I love love it it's so satisfying I can't wait we are gonna play it when this is done okay love it is there any way that we can do it somehow through video uh, and like do it through FaceTime or Skype um there might be an online version we could play oh okay well let's look for that yeah, let's do it because it is super fun. I really, it's very satisfying. Love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like um, it. What are you into? Well, I with John last night watched the 2001 film Training Day with Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. So I've known this film exists. I know it was a good film. I know Denzel won the best actor for it. I love Denzel Washington. But for whatever reason, I thought, yeah, I probably wouldn't like that. Like, I just had always resisted it. So the other day, John says to me, you've never seen Training Day? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, we got to watch it. So we watched it last night. And it was awesome. It was so great. It's violent. It's got some like, you know, bad parts in it, but the acting and the dialogue and the story, it's so great. So I'm recommending it. Well, that is cool. I will probably know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle violence. I don't know what's wrong with me. All right. Well, if anybody's listening who feels like they're into that or they saw it a long time ago and they haven't seen it in a while, go back to it because it's so good. It holds up like 20 years later. It's a great movie. Oh, all right. All right. Let's move on to you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. Uh, We did this last week and I think it's worth doing it again, but right now times are a bit tough and everything is different and we are getting used to a new normal. And so essentially every day and everything is a learn. So we've decided that we're both going to celebrate wins again this week. So my win is um, hashtag formal Fridays. And I got this idea from you because you told me that Jimmy Kimmel is doing formal Fridays with his wife. And so for the last two Fridays, John and I on Friday got dressed up in our like fancy duds, made a nice dinner and had formal Friday. So I love it. the cool part about it is that I thought it was a good idea, but then when we actually did it, it was, I kind of felt excited about it. I had something to look forward to. It had it like allowed for a little bit of respite in the monotony of like every day is the same because we're on lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it was, it feels special and it was, it was totally fun. Well, it's actually kind of, it's similar to yours and mine is about Easter. Okay. So it's not a formal Friday, but let me tell you about Easter Sunday. So I was feeling really weird. I really like Easter and I think it's because it's always around my birthday. I like spring. Like I like the kind of renewal of spring. I, it's a great time of year. 
Um, but Easter did not feel the same this year. Sure. It just felt of course, very, yeah. very weird. Usually on Easter Sunday, we get, I don't know, at least somewhat dressed up. We have, we go to, you know, have dinner uh, with our families. Um, but yeah, partway through the day, I, I just kind of, I had that moment because even like our regular Easter morning with Ethan wasn't quite the same that it usually would be just because of ability to access things right now. And it was just different. But partway through the day, I kind of just gave myself a bit of a brain reset and I decided to make it special. So I started cooking up a very random Easter dinner with the things that we had on hand. So um, Jeff was roasting a chicken because generally he's always cooking some sort of meat uh, at any given time. Um, (laughs) But I ended up cooking up some potatoes. I did some roasted vegetables. We had some frozen spanakopita, you know, like the... Yeah, yeah. Greek. Yeah, we had that in the freezer. So I put that in the oven. I made deviled eggs because that seemed like an Easter thing. And then I set the table nicely like made it look fancy I even took like cloth napkins and made them look like bunny ears and put them at each spot and and so yeah we we ended up getting dressed up I mean I will admit I didn't take my yoga pants off I just put a dress on over my yoga pants (laughs) but whatever um and afterward it was funny it was really it ended up being really really nice And later on, after Ethan went to bed, Jeff and I were talking about it, and we both just said how glad we were that we did that because it really felt nice. And Jeff was very sad about missing. He loves family dinners and all the food and all of that. And we we were physically very uncomfortable because of how much we ate. And we were both just stoked because it felt like the normal like we were dressed up and super uncomfortable <laughs> because we ate so much and so it felt normal oh cool uh, for it's good to, so well that's good to feel normal isn't it for a minute yeah, it was nice and it you know it might seem silly to do something special right now when you're just at home and and that but you know and it's like you're saying about the formal fridays like it really does feel good and different and special and i'm sure that we'll always remember this easter definitely yeah so we said it last week we'll say it again we don't know how long these events will last or what our new normal will be like when we get to the other side but peggy and i will be here each week sharing what we feel is helpful for us and hopefully you'll find it helpful too so please reach out and ask us questions or share stories of how you're navigating this time And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Let us know how you are feeling in these uncertain times and how you are managing. If you have any ideas or thoughts for how people can stay connected, calm anxiety, and focus on what they can control, then let us know. For questions or comments, send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. Jenny is on Twitter at jcouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. And you can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the way that we can be of service right now. And if you found it helpful, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. So search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay calm, stay home. 
stay focused, and if you feel like you want to, get after it. If you feel like you need to just chill out, that's cool too. We're sending you all the big love. Maybe, maybe get after a nap. Oh, uh, get after that nap.